in the year 1946, was a giant penguin terrorizing residents of Florida? Is it possible to tell a UFO story that's so insane, UFO researchers think you're tripping on shrooms? And then we take a look at the story of two young boys out for a walk. They think they're just passing through a town they've all been to before. But what they've actually walked into is the past. Today on Dead Rabbit Radio. Hey everyone, welcome back to another episode of Dead Rabbit Radio. I'm your host Jason Carpenter. I'm having a great day. I hope you guys are having a great day too. I bought a a game for myself. Since I'm locked up in isolation, not a video game. I'm trying not to play those so much. It's a escape room, which actually now that I think about it, it's kind of ironic. I'm trapped in my apartment, and yet I got a game where the goal is to escape. But you know the escape rooms? They have them. They're this real thing. They have escape rooms in a box. This is called Exit the Game. I got the Haunted Roller Coaster, apparently. So it's for one to four players. So I'm just one player. I'm sure it'll probably be easier with four people, but it says one to two hours of playtime. So I'm going to give this guy a shot. I'm going to play this, and you can only play it once, too. You have to rip up game pieces and open envelopes and all that stuff, so you buy it. It was like 15 bucks. You buy it, you play it once, and then you throw it away. But we'll see how that goes. I'll let you guys know tomorrow. Also, more importantly than that, more importantly than the sad story of me playing a game by myself, we have a new Patreon, Eva Marie. Eva Marie, thank you so much for supporting the show. And it is also Eva's birthday, April 25th. And since that episode Saturday, we're giving her birthday wishes today. We'll consider the next two days Eva Marie's birthday days. So thank you so much for supporting the show. We got a lot of stuff to cover today. I'm sure you guys could tell from the intro. We got three stories. Let's go ahead and get started. Eva Marie, fire up that carpenter copter. We are headed out to Clearwater... Florida. And we're going back in time to the year 1946. Now, this was a recommendation from Stealthy Steve. And I got to say, I was talking to Stealthy Steve last night on Instagram. We got a great week of stuff coming up next week. This week's, I'm not saying this week's any slouch. I really like this episode, but stay tuned next week. We're going to talk about some stuff Stealthy was talking about, and we're going to revisit a conspiracy theory brought to us by Ori. That's a little bit of a tip of what next week... I haven't done a theme week in a long time, so really excited about next week. It's pretty dope. So thank you, Stealthy. Thank you, Ori. You guys know what I'm talking about. The rest of you guys are in suspense. Eva Marie, take us down. We're now flying through Clearwater, Florida. It's all, you know, like palm trees and stuff like that. Old people doing their thing. Little baby Scarface is just being born in Cuba right now. But we don't have to worry about Scarface chopping people up with chainsaws. We're just coming here to check stuff out. Clearwater Beach, Florida. Let's hop out of the Carpenter Copter. We're sitting on the beach now. It's beautiful. It's nighttime. The moon is rising. It's night. Feel that? Feel that breeze on your face? It feels nice, huh? It's been a while. Splash. Splash. Splish. Splash. We all look over. What? What? What's that? Tap you on the shoulder. Look over there. In the darkness... You see it. Barely. You just see a form. Splish. Splash. Splish. Splash. Walking through the surf. Now you're getting scared. You're trying to crawl on my lap. I'm like, bro, bro, no, no, no. Settle down, settle down. Don't worry about it, I say with a knowing smile. Everything's gonna be fine. 
So what happened here? That's a weird intro. What happened here is back in the 40s, they started finding people in town of clear people in the town of Clearwater started finding giant footprints. Now Manute Bull was nowhere to be seen. Actually, Manute Bull was probably a baby back then too. Actually, Manute Bull probably wasn't even conceived. And most of you going, who's Manute Bull? Doesn't matter. Giant feet, right? Giant footprints all over the area. The wilderness areas of town. But it's not just a big foot, so you can think it's some sort of Sasquatch. No. Or Manute Bull. No. It has three toes. Now, you had people all over town going, what in tarnation is that? What could have caused something like that? It looks like some sort of big flipper. And so people go, maybe someone's wearing flippers. Maybe someone's playing a prank. And someone else comes forward and goes, that's no prank, young men. He needs his glasses adjusted. He's talking to people his own age. They're like, come on, Larry. We're all your own age. He's like, you youngins don't know anything about the cryptids. They're like, they all start leaving. He can't see they've left either. Many moons ago, as he begins, you started getting reports of people seeing a monster walking along the beach. So now you have footprints. You have physical evidence. And then you have eyewitness accounts of a bipedal massive creature so now cryptid hunters are coming into town this went on for the course of a a couple years honestly about a year or two got a lot of attention in local newspapers and i think a combination of that is people are curious about the unknown and there it's always a slow news day right especially when you're the clearwater gazette so it helps you fill up pages helps you move copies but anyway, so the media is promoting this. People are seeing this thing. They're finding these feet prints everywhere. You have cryptozoologist Ivan Sanderson comes out to visit the scene. Now, by the time an actual cryptozoologist gets there, this thing's behavior is escalated. Sometimes they'll find a little feather. What? Hmm, that's weird. Actually, not a little feather. That would just belong to a regular bird. A giant feather. What? Once they found a lifeguard tower, knocked over. People get there. Obvious saw marks. There's a saw laying next to it, a bunch of sawdust. Only a monster from the deep could knock over a chair like this. And it was even, they were even finding poop. Finding poop. Now, which, you know, yesterday I talked about they were finding poop, or it was a day or two ago, finding poop of the... Uh, that giant monster walking around the Amazon, whose name I already forgotten, even if I remembered, I couldn't pronounce it. Mapaganchi or something. Anyways, it's funny because they always find poop of cryptids. That's a big thing. Like, oh, look at this poop. It must be alive. They're always finding poop. You never find poop of ghosts or aliens. That's something to think about. Next time you're going poop, go, I wonder why we never find alien poop. Now, obviously, the people who believe in cryptids tend to believe they're biological entities. They don't believe... Someone will believe in Bigfoot, but not believe in fairies. See, that's ridiculous, right? A eight-foot-tall simian being completely undiscovered for hundreds of years, that's believable. But a little tiny gnome that can magically pop in and out of reality. What? You're crazy. So, they're always trying to find physical evidence. Anyways, with this one, you had people go... Listen, based on the footprints... This has to be a penguin. We found a feather, which I didn't even know penguins have feathers. So right there, you could say, Jason, why are you debunking all this other stuff if you don't even know the biology of a bird? The point is, I don't care about the biology of a penguin, right? I know about ghosts and poop. I care about those things. 
So whether or not a penguin has a feather, I'm not for sure, but they're finding these feathers. People have now seen it, and instead of just being a blobby outline in the middle of the dark ocean, they've actually said, no, what I saw was a giant penguin. Now, cryptozoologist Ivan Sanderson says, yes, it is a giant penguin. Now, I believe that it got away from its natural habitat. But my question is, and the question that was never answered in any of these articles, what is a giant penguin? Because when we're talking giant, we're talking like eight feet tall. See, what happened was the footprints were just, there wasn't like a light dusting. It wasn't just like a little pad hitting the ground. They were putting depressions into the dirt. They were creating such deep depressions in the soil, the soil had to start taking medicine for it because of the depression. Get it? Anyways. Anyways, the point is, is that, the point is, is that they're finding these really deep depressions in the soil. So they knew whatever it was, it had to be massive. And people started seeing it and they said it was a seven, eight foot tall penguin. And then uh, Ivan goes, oh yeah, it's just a penguin that got away from its natural habitat. There's no place on earth that I know of, again, not a penguin expert, but there's no place on earth that I know of where there is an eight foot tall penguin. The penguin sightings, though, continued, and Ivan continued his work, and people would walk around picking up poop and being like, Eureka! I found some of that giant penguin poop. I'm going to sell this to the National Enquirer. Well, someone did eventually end up talking to the media. This is what makes this story so interesting. And again, Stealthy Steve, thank you for recommending this story. 1988, April 11th, 1988, this dude comes forward. He talks to the St. Petersburg Times. Talks to reporter Jan Kirby. This guy comes forward and says, uh, yeah, we made it up. We, we made it up. And he was laughing so hard. Him, so you had Tony Signorini and Al Williams. And they used to pull pranks on the town people way back in the day. Here's some of their, these are, these are their pranks. Whenever you watch like YouTube pranks that quote unquote go wrong, oh, it's social experiment. They're usually staged, right? But even then there's controversy. Like how could PewDiePie have those guys hold up that sign? Here's the pranks these guys did. They locked a horse in a jail cell in the local sheriff's office. That is That would be considered an act of terrorism right now. You'd have breaking and entering. You'd have interfering with police business. But these two jokesters, these two boner pullers, were able to get a live horse into a jail cell without anyone noticing. That's one of their pranks. They also thought it would be hilarious if... One night when all the firefighters were sleeping in their firehouse, you know where this one's going, or probably don't. I couldn't have expected this. But how do you top horse in a jail cell? Mess with the fire department. They get a weather balloon, right? Which right there. When's the last prank you ever saw on YouTube that involved a weather balloon? They get a weather balloon. They tie it somehow. These guys were obviously ninjas, or everyone went to bed at 7 p.m. They got the weather balloon. They tied it so it's floating over the fire department. And they're like, that's not a prank, dude. It's just, it's just a balloon over the fire department. No, they rigged it with explosives as well. So when the firefighters are all sleeping, boom, a massive explosion happens right over the building. Everyone jumps up thinking that the town is on fire. They all run out and there's just two dudes laughing hysterically at them. Oh, you should have seen the look on your face when you thought all your loved ones were exploded. <laughs> That's so funny, bro. Oh, dude, you should have seen it. You thought everything you owned was turned to dust. <laughs> so it doesn't, it doesn't strike us as odd is that what happened was these guys saw like a National Geographic article about dinosaur prints and they looked at each other and go, Dude, we can do this. We can pull this prank. And what happened was they made these feet of like cast iron 
Each foot weighed 30 pounds and just made it look like a giant. They didn't, I don't think they specifically set out to be a penguin, but they just made a weird looking foot. And the guy had to like weeble wobble because they were so heavy. He would go splash. And the other guy was just there for emotional support and to probably give him beer. And the one guy, oh, psh, and then he would swing the other leg as far as he could. Bam. Oh, bam. And what happened? What happened? They said, we did it the first night and nobody was around. But the f- footprints were found. And then people in town started saying they saw the giant penguin walking around the beach. And they were looking at each other and they're thinking, that's that guy's lying. Because we there was no one there. And it was weird because it gave them a they gave them a look at human psychology. We've covered a lot of stories like that. I did an episode a long time ago about the Great Moon hoax, where newspapers started publishing that there was life on the moon, and then other people started saying, "Oh, I have a telescope too, and I saw it as well." And it was all fake, but other people started adding to it, and they one hundred percent believed it. And so it was interesting because it gave these two guys, it gave Tony and Al a behind-the-look scenes at how human psychology works because they know exactly what it is. So when the cryptozoologist comes in and was like, oh, it must be a giant penguin, you know those dudes were dying of laughter all the time. Kept their mouths shut. And then eventually Al passed away and then Tony was telling the story afterwards. But yeah. So that's the story of the Clearwater giant penguin. It didn't exist, but people believe it existed for 40 years. There was physical evidence. I don't think Al and Tony were taking dumps. I think they're just like, oh, now to make the evidence even more compelling. Tony, what are you doing? I'm just being in character. I don't think that was going on. They were probably just finding random poop. But I think it's interesting because, one, it's very Scooby-Doo-ish, right? Like, isn't that pretty much what every Scooby-Doo is? If these guys are trying to buy up beachfront property, they wanted people, people to believe in... The monster, that'd be one way to scare people. I don't know who would be scared of a giant penguin, but <laughs> probably someone. Fish, the band Fish probably wouldn't like that. Fans of Fish wouldn't like the penguin. But anyways, the point the point is, is that interesting story. That I think that it should, I'm sure there are a lot, I'm not saying all of them, but I'm sure there are a lot of Bigfoot footprints out there that are fake, that were faked by guys like this. Pranksters. People who thought it'd be funny. People who are committing fraud also to get more money for their Bigfoot hunting organization. Could be that. But I think a lot of times a lot of paranormal activity really can be chalked up to two dudes with nothing better to do on a Saturday night than to kind of pull our chains. Those of us who believe in the weird and the wacky. I think it probably happens more often than we would like to acknowledge. Let's go ahead, though, and move on to our next story. Eva Marie... Let's hop back in the carpenter copter. Even re take us up, up and away. We're leaving behind Giant Penguin. So we say goodbye to Al and Tony. We're waving goodbye. One of them's dead, but whatever. His force ghost is there. We're waving by. No more pranks, guys. They're like, <laughs> they're pranking God. They're like, oh no, dude, I totally saw Satan, man. He just started, he started the book of Revelation early. And God's like, what, what? He's putting on his bathrobe and stuff like that. Ha <laughs> ha, just kidding. God's like, why you... Anyways, we're flying away as God's eternally smiting them, turning them into giant penguins. We're going to fly from Clearwater, Florida. We're flying up to Colorado. Now, once again, the story's at nighttime. September 2nd, 1994. We're cutting down low. We're flying right over the treetops. I hope you really know how to maneuver this thing, Eva Marie. We're flying. We're flying through a canyon now. TIE fighters are after us. We evade them. We end up landing in the Greenhorn Mountains. This is in Huferano, 
County, Colorado. September 2nd, 1994. Twinkling Twilight Time. There's this guy, we're going to call him Jacob. Dude named Jacob, local hunter, working in the area. And he's out, he has his rifle, checking it, making sure all the bullets are in there. Uh, I don't know what you do with the rifle. I mean, other than shoot people or animals and then, you know, clean it occasionally. He's doing that. He's shooting people and animals and cleaning it occasionally. And then he hears a rustling in the dark forest. And he grabs his gun. He's ready to shoot whatever it is. It doesn't matter. He's not even going to ask. And then all of a sudden, aliens appear out of the darkness. Now, that's the most normal part of this story, okay? That, the aliens showing up is easily the most normal part of what we're about to talk about. These aliens, he doesn't describe what they look like, but the fact that he's identifying them as aliens just right off the bat, where you're hearing that terminology, let's just assume they're greys, okay? Because it'll just make the next part infinitely ridiculous, right? If it was a normal-looking human alien, it's not as funny. But anyways... These aliens are dressed in camouflage. So remember when you were a kid and you got your dad's army uniform out of the storage? That's what I imagine these guys looking like. I don't imagine they had... Because, you know, aliens normally have, like, skin-tight suits on. I imagine these are gray aliens with tiny little bodies and giant heads wearing super baggy army surplus store camouflage. They're wearing camouflage, which we have never seen before in UFOlogy. Now, again, he doesn't go into detail whether or not this is skin-tight, high-tech camouflage predator level. So we just have to assume it looks like these guys just went to the surplus store. They're walking in super baggy pants. Belt is pulled incredibly tight. But yet, camouflage is camouflage, right? It doesn't really help when your head is three feet high and gray, but whatever. The rest of them is camouflage. These aliens then attack him. Now, he does go for his gun. He tries to react, but they pull out a gas gun. Passes out. And then he wakes up. And he's tied up. And the aliens just have a perimeter set up around him. He says that they never fed him. And the only way to keep himself fed was him eating grasshoppers. The aliens seem... Hold your questions. Hold your questions right now. Because trust me, I had a ton of them right there too. The aliens seem to be doing some sort of maneuvers. They seem to be doing some sort of military maneuvers. They're like hiding behind trees. Remember again when you guys were kids? We broke out the super soakers. We'd be like hiding behind... I had a game. We called it Water Wars. One shot, one kill. It wasn't like, look how wet I can make you. No, I can make you more wet. If you got shot, you're done. We played paintball with water guns, and it was dope, dude. And there was an arms race. When those super soakers came out, and they were like the size of a small child, domination, dude. I was blasting dudes from 50 yards away. Maybe not that. 50 feet away. Big difference. Big difference. 50 yards away. I don't think that's a super soaker at that point. I think that's a fire hose on a fire truck. But he's, anyways, this isn't Water Wars, man. Don't get it twisted. This guy's being held prisoner eating crickets. Grasshoppers. I don't know the difference, but he's eating both. It doesn't matter. Finds a giant feather. Hmm? Did I just eat a giant penguin? I don't know. Actually, I heard the difference between a cricket and a grasshopper. No, the difference between a grasshopper... A cricket's something different. The difference between a grasshopper and a locust 
is that a grasshopper? <laughs> I don't know. I saw this recently, and I don't think it's true. It didn't sound right, but if a grasshopper, if there's an... <laughs> it sounds so ridiculous. If a grasshopper gets hungry enough and there's a bunch of them, he morphs into a locust. Okay, I did not, <laughs> did not see that on, like... A Disney Channel show. Now, I did not read that in a Bazooka Joe comic strip. I'm pretty sure I read an article recently about those giant hordes of locusts that were plaguing Africa. And they said there's really no difference between a grasshopper and a locust. It's just when a grasshopper gets really, really, (laughs) really, really hungry and there's a bunch of them, he morphs into a locust. Even though I'm the one stating that fact, I don't really think that's true. Because then that just doesn't make sense. If a bunch of bears are hanging out and they're like, oh, I haven't eaten in a while, they don't become a mecha bear. They don't become like all bristly and become even more violent. I don't know. Maybe they do. Maybe the mecha bear is a real thing. Let's get back to this story. So he's eating grasshoppers and or locusts. And the aliens are performing some sort of maneuvers. Now, eventually, though, the aliens are like, you know, and all the aliens gather together. And then one of them holds their hand out in a little tiny silver orb. It's floating there. And then... And then, like, the orb gets bigger. And the dude, Jacob, is just sitting there. Mouthful of grasshoppers. They're turning into locusts as he's eating them. Oh! But he's not worried about that right now. Because there's this glowing, giant orb... And the aliens are like, saying goodbye to him. He thinks he doesn't know. And then a door opens up and they crawl into this thing that was previously the size of a hand. Now all these aliens are getting into it. And then this object turns into a bear. Turns into a three-headed wolf. Turns into a cloud and floats away. Eventually, I don't know if he untied himself or if law enforcement got there first. Probably at the same time. He's like, he's all tied up for a couple more days. He's like, oh, wait a second. They're gone. I can totally untie myself. Law enforcement shows up. They find his truck completely trashed. They find him with barely any clothes on. Most of his clothes have been set on fire and are just like half burned laying around the area. Also, another hunter in the area had gone missing during this time period. And while the cops were talking to Jacob, and they're like, what happened? And he's like, you won't believe what happened. So first off, do you have anything to eat that doesn't taste like a grasshopper? They're like, yes, here's some fried chicken. He's all, bleh. No. I mean, nothing greasy, no greasy meat. Secondly, so this is what happened, and he repeated the story I just told you. While he's telling the story, the other hunter that the cops were also looking for that had gone missing the area shows up. And he looks at Jacob. He looks at the police. And then he ran away into the woods, got in his car, and just drove home. So we don't know what happened to him. He got home safely. He didn't magically disappear, missing 411 forever. But he, whatever he saw there made him panic. Now, it could have just been a half-naked dude with a mouthful of grasshoppers surrounded by law enforcement. Could have made him run away. Or the suggestion is that maybe he had a similar experience and was afraid the aliens were going to come back. We don't know. Anyways. A lot of questions, obviously. First off, my main question is, how we don't know how long he was tied up for. Two, how do you eat grasshoppers when you're tied up? Those are my... And it's funny, you're like, Jason, there's a shape-shifting UFO. 
that seems to have some sort of nanoparticle growth thing you're worried about how do you you know the thing is with stories is that it's the little details that you get hung up on if it's a lie it's a little how do you capture and first off how do you eat enough first off how long was he tied there because he goes the story basically goes the aliens gassed me I was tied up. I had to eat grasshoppers because they wouldn't feed me. Did two hours pass? Are you that hungry? You can't go two hours? Oh, no, I've been tied up for at least 35 minutes. I've got got to eat these grasshoppers. That's his fetish. He's always looking for... Jacob, are you going in the woods again just to pretend that you're lost like Survivor Man just to eat more grasshoppers? What? No way. I told you I was done eating grasshoppers. I've come so far. Damn it. I'm not going to let those grasshoppers get in those delicious, yummy grasshoppers. Get in the way of my recovery. They're, Jacob, quit dreaming about grasshoppers. So that's possible, right? But how long was he tied up for? I would assume it would take at least two days for me to start eating grasshoppers. But again, he did, we don't know how long he was tied up for. Secondly, how do you capture... Grasshoppers are kind of hard to catch, right? Especially when you're tied to a tree. Or tied to anything. Kind of hard to catch. But anyways, maybe they sat him down right on a hive of grasshoppers. They're slowly turning into locusts underneath his body. He's like, oh, it's like a vibrating mattress that I'm sleeping on. And then, you know, there's just stuff about the teleporting aliens wearing camouflage, nanotechnology, shape-shifting UFOs and all that stuff. All that stuff's also weird. It is interesting that I got this from the website 1994, Think About It Docs. But it also, I found the book it was originally published in. It's called Secrets of the Mysterious Valley. And it's pretty much the same story verbatim. There's not much new information in the book itself. It's very short. However, there is one key piece of information. The guy writing the book makes fun of this dude. And basically, he tells the story and then he goes, it sounds weird. Let me actually read the actual passage to you because he really kind of put it into very succinct words more than I could do. Let's see here. Here's the quote. When he's talking about all the shape-shifting UFO stuff. Quote, could it have been Amanita mushroom season? Or another flashback from the 1960s? Unquote. So basically, he's accusing the dude of going on a drug trip or having a bad flashback. That's pretty bad when your alien story makes other alien people think you're insane. But maybe that's the point. I mean, think about it. If aliens are trying to disguise their time here on Earth... The more insane they make stuff, the better. There was an X-Files episode where the men in black turn out to be Jesse Ventura and Alex Trebek. And that's the point. Because if you told someone, yeah, I saw this UFO and then Alex Trebek and Jesse Ventura came up to me and threatened me, you're going to get laughed at. What if this is the only true alien sighting? Because it's so ridiculous. That's not true, though. It probably is made up. But still, an interesting story, nonetheless nonetheless and i think i'm sorry i hate to do this it seems like i do it once every two weeks i've ran out of time i know the episode's not super long but i don't have enough time to tell the time slip story that involves a little bit too much than the amount of time we have left so we're gonna call it call it a day i'm sorry that today's episode was a known approvable fraud and a story that's so bizarre that UFO researchers think the dude is high. And that's a pretty, I mean, they believe, UFO researchers believe a lot of bizarre stuff. So the fact that this guy's getting dismissed. So, yes. Oh, that was, I meant to do that though. The theme of this episode was stories that were either fraudulent or people think are drug trips. That was actually 
the theme. That actually might be the title of the episode. I actually should think about that. Frauds and drug trips. But we will save the time slip story for tomorrow. Our Friday episode will be dope. And then next week, we have an awesome theme for next week. So it'll be really good. DeadRabbitRadio at gmail.com is going to be your email address. You can also hit us up at facebook.com slash DeadRabbitRadio. Twitter is at DeadRabbitRadio. Dead Rabbit Radio is the daily paranormal conspiracy and true crime podcast. You don't have to listen to it every day, but I'm glad you listened to it today. Be safe, be kind, I love you guys, and I'll see you tomorrow.